0: Just in front of Salino looming up, Cookaran the inside, further back to True Marble. Warning the inside also Salino. Salino the outside and warning. Salino taking over and Salino's one. But it all takes too much time. See what you of
1: me. King Colorado will also pounces. Verico Bob comes to the pair. One to ten hours and miss Joe Lead. One hundred left to run. And King Colorado shot to the lead for Aaron Eustace. is running home down the outside Rothfire coming through now is Hawaii 5-0 and think about it down the outside Rothfire just in but think about it on the outside it's stormed up it's Rothfire think about it think about it. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with
0: Vince Ocardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie.
1: With a little bit of Aretha Franklin rolling us in, think about it, the new star of Australian racing, Oizie, we know he's certainly winning and he's in the single figures in the Everest. It was a fantastic day's racing at Eagle Farm, also had, as you heard there, Salino winning the Brisbane Cup, he had... Uh, and the Mariusa's domination continuing with J.J. Atkins winner King Colorado from out wide, well, out wide, we we'll say from a Kimberley Grange maiden or winning a Group 1, and is without a fight the new emerging superstar stayer of Australian racing. He showed enough at his first Australian uh, first Australian start for Team Freeman, first Brisbane start, and then he went on with it in the Q22. Vince Cardy from Daily Sexuals, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Ralphie. How are you, mate? Your voice sounds great. <laughs> well, my voice sounds gravelly because it was like I'm a Melbourne supporter who was screaming my lungs out watching the watching the Mighty Ds against Collingwood yesterday. That's exactly what happened at the fantastic MND day. So, uh, yeah, apologies for the voice. It's worse than usual. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it might be your new norm, Ralphie. Sounds that- <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about this Stradbroke, Vince. So my initial thoughts were watching the race. and and just reviewing it before your data come through, is they could not have gone hard here. They didn't really change spots much. All the thinking pre-race, including yours, was they're going to go fast. They could go really fast. That's a typical Stradbroke. Did they go real fast? What's the data said?
0: Well, the reality is the good speed, 3.2 above, it was sort of a predictability. We had a, well, definitely I was of the view that there was a good chance that could happen. The mid-race move wasn't there, Ralphie. as uh, dynamic is probably what I would have expected off that pace, but 3.2 lengths above, benchmark, Gentleman Roy between the 8 and the 400. Still, the deterioration came for that horse was benchmark, but the, the other runners around it, the move that they had to make in the mid race let's say a horse like Rothfire who's sort of pretty much tagging the leader going 2.6 lengths above benchmarks has reduced the speed to 0.4 above so it also was starting to deplete which is understandable for a horse like up to 1400 of of that type of profile and that was the the race it was a, it was just a good speed race it wasn't of any sort of high pressure but overall That was the race that was presented, Ralphie. Just as it turns out, as crazy as it sounds, it was just a lack of hot speed up front, but you couldn't have asked for a better race shape for, I would say, for the
1: majority of runners. So a fortnight earlier when he won the Kingsford uh, Smith, Uh, think about it. Uh, 2.6 lengths above benchmark, best of the day. Now, this is what we wrote in Sizzlers. Brought up his eighth win from nine starts, coming off just 1.6 lengths above benchmark, winning at Gosford three weeks earlier. But that was a soft tempo race shape where he produced the best last winder of the day. Here, he's elevated four lengths race to race, eclipsed his all-time PB of two, uh, plus, uh, 2.0 in doing so, plus 0.2 at the 800. Nine lengths faster race to race, 1.8 <coughs> mid mid-race, last 500. Of note, leading into the Stratbroke, however, was a two-length late drop-off. This was also seen by the fourth-best last 600 day, just the 23rd-best last 200 in isolation. That strongly suggests big peak to come with conditioning improvement. Now, that was 2.6 lengths above. Benchmark, what did he do on Sunday?
0: Well, he maintained that performance. He went 2.6 above and didn't get the podium spot, ended up second-best performance of the day.
1: Now, that would be really unusual for a strad break not to be the best winner of the day. So um, on race morning, and, and we you know, obviously we, we did the deep dive on our podcast and on the Friday, and you said, well, let's fork in the road stuff. Is he going to improve, or you know, was that someone that he's been up so long that it could taper? So maybe he actually did neither. He's just maintained his effort. That says a couple of others really didn't improve.
0: Yes, that's true. And I, I guess the, the plus side and, you know, I'd have to say superb job, Joseph Pride, here's the thing, the horse's momentum between the eight and the 400, when you compare it to the previous run at Eagle Farm, I thought was actually better and it sustained itself really strongly over the last 400 metres. And it sort of indicated more like what you had put together in the Sizzlers that the horse was a conditioning run and could be peaking. And this was the the big challenge from my perspective is I'm sitting there saying, do I go left or right off that short break? I was taking a position. There's a big chance this horse is going to taper negative, particularly if it's high pace. Now the pace wasn't high, but the reality was the horse absolutely maintained and did a fantastic job and was without a shadow of doubt superior to the field and, you know, the, the runner that I felt myself personally converged would run big. Even where it was positioned, I, I know it was at the back 4.7 lengths below benchmark, there was nothing sensational in the move mid-race. I mean, even when I look at the squeeze on the day compared to a lot of other runners, 7.4, it was didn't even get in the top 20 in terms of how, you know, like a high pressure in the middle. And and yes, the horse maintained strongly over the last 400 with a plus 2.8. But the reality is not any better than uh, think about it. In fact, I felt think about it overall was stronger all around. And Converge just didn't go to that, didn't take that next step, actually went backwards.
1: Gio, you know, I, was, I was surprised at the tactics for the stable, and I, I don't know if you are slightly slowly away, but it seemed like they were happy to take a sit, and that's not how the stable usually rides it. I was looking at Racenet for the post-jockey comments, and the, I didn't see one from uh, from the Rothfire riders there. So, but do you think they, they heard in not being a bit more uh, proactive?
0: I have no doubt about it, Ralph, because if you look at the energy over the last 400 metres, because, I mean, the horse had the equal best last 200, the reality was... They were genuinely two to three lengths too far back, in terms of now. I mean, this is post race when I'm yeah. looking at all the intel. Just clear understanding: this horse's energy wasn't used in the right manner. Now, that doesn't mean the horse, the horse wouldn't have won. I felt, but the horse would have most likely placed, which is I would have been happy with that. <laughs> but the, but the reality is, it, it didn't. I just thought it was an, uh, just a so-so run, and. It was really crazy, Ralph. When I seen Rothfire holding on for second, I go, oh, this, this hasn't turned out the way I've expected or, or Rothfire's just gone to some new booming, you know, like the old times performance. Cause think about it, it, looked that impressive, but the reality was it came back with a plus one. And that was like in line with probably my expectations.
1: Yeah. Well, post, post injury. That's what this horse has been plus <coughs> that plus yes. one range. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, Yes, you can say a number of other runners were disappointed, but it just can't take nothing away from the winner and the
1: trainer. I mean, just outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've uh, read on RaceNet uh, Joe Pride saying that uh, he needs a good spell and he needs to improve to 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 make it to the Everest level. But that's how horses can improve. And he pointed out as as was part of the challenge pre race, uh, you know, in the approach to, towards him was that uh, he had been in work since October. So amazing training performance he did. Similarly with uh, Private I just kept the horse winning through the classes yep. when he won the Epsom. So he's just such a fantastic trainer. But he does really need to improve if he's going to get to an Everest level. Well, he does. He's got to just
0: take that next step, but two to three lengths. I mean, when, Ralphie, you've said it many more times than myself. There's something about the X factor. Some horses just keep winning and they just do what it takes to win. And, and it was there again on display.
1: I just wonder with Hawaii 5 so it's, um, you know, he really emerged uh, at Hawkesbury, was fantastic in that booming uh, finish. Did it did uh, in his leading win, was nice. Was a nice third, but I just wonder now. He's been in work. Uh, what since since January? He he looks like a lot of nice horse to come back with. He, he's I, I, take another abs-
0: level. Absolutely, and to sort of come out and that's the second fastest the horse has gone. With you know, in, in terms of early speed, you have to go all the way back to its first up run when it went faster. All other runs have been typically well below benchmark. The leading run was just slightly above. So I felt the horse performed very strongly. But didn't um, take that next step but actually tape it into the negative and even the late data sort of confirmed that.
1: And I'll paraphrase here, but from the jockey comments, Ruthless Dame, uh, Michael D said the horse was slowly away, so they couldn't do anything and then they couldn't improve. As he wanted to improve, but he was just in traffic. Uh by look at this data, and he's got we've got the test tiara in two weeks' time, do you want to ride off this table?
0: well you can't can you really you can, absolutely can't i mean the mid-race squeeze wasn't quite as big as converge but the last 400 was the strongest of the field going plus 3.2 and yes you can see the dip ralphie between the 4
1: and the 2 the horse lost 1.6 lengths right the other group 1 uh, king colorado one as i said from a from a kembler maiden so it was a bit hard to find um Data wise, this is reflective of the fact that uh, some two year old races are just happen to be, that's their stakes t- status, but uh, they just haven't done enough on the clock, yeah? Well,
0: that's the reality. 2.1 links below. I mean, I'm pretty sure when I was listening to, you know, as they were going, you know, to, towards the barriers, someone had sort of mentioned on Sky that. This horse might run a big race, and which I uh, gave it a run on ten or seven. Oh, there you go, yeah. and, and and it did do that, and it was fantastic. I mean, the reality was, yes, it's two point one lengths below benchmark, ranked twenty nine in the day. But the reality is, it was better than the rest. And when I look at the structure of the race, I probably probably a little bit unfair in in terms of like what happened in the mid race. There was a you know decent sort of slowdown by a whole group of horses, and that. Ultimately, probably cost him a length or two on the in terms of the overall score. So this King Colorado probably looked like a benchmark horse, and I felt race-like one. So it was a good effort, and ah, this is a horse definitely going on the way up. Would have liked to have found it you know, with a
1: higher profile going into the race. Well, he was 41s into $13. Now, when he won his grown maiden, and how often have we seen horses switch on? Again, he was $7 into $4 and a bit of reverse engineering, just having a look back. It, it, it was three wide the entire trip and just powered away. Now, okay, there wasn't much on the clock, but let, let's go back to what we we're talking about. We think about it. You've got to be careful of underestimating winners when they're lightly raced, and uh, particularly with, with, from this table,
0: for sure. And, that, and what was also even on that day, uh, this is again hindsight, Ralphie, because I didn't, yep, you know, do any real deep work on the race. The reality was, I'm just looking here that Kembla Grange win. There was a 2.5 length slowdown between the four and the two. Would that have made a difference? Well, Probably not a big difference, but that sort of indicated the horse was probably a minus four going into the race and not a six, six and a half. And yeah, it's taken that next step and definitely in the right camp. <laughs>
1: All right. Let, let's have a look at some of the other races. And there, there was there was a really deep, deep card. And uh, the yes. one of them being the, the Dane Ripper, the last race. Now, it was a coma job. <laughs> if you're in Apple Ridge, let's face it, fall wide the trip. But I, I did note that uh, Trader Luke Pepper after the race said, well, look, we wanted to go forward and do something and not be proactive. And uh, so he, he didn't bag the ride. And he said, it was slow speed, so why not go forward? And that's exactly what the clock says.
0: And that was a smart move, absolutely yep. smart move to do that, Ralphie. Get as close as you can to the lead speed. That's where you need to be. And they did the right thing; just weren't able to get victory. I mean, probably the disappointing part was the you know the overall performance of of all the runners was well below benchmark. So hopefully, you know, Oak Ridge has an ice break as well.
1: Well, it's going to the uh, it's mm. going to the Tatsiara in two weeks' time. So, okay, we've we'll well, got a bit of work go. to do. And uh, no, fair at, enough. But Roots was friendly, friendless. Sorry, in the market pre-race, and uh, and as you pointed out on Sunday morning, that, that was reflective of a horse at uh, its grand final in two weeks.
0: Yeah, interesting with this horse. I mean, pretty solid move in the mid race. Yep, marginally better than Oprah Ridge coming from a, a further back position. But when I look at the overall closing speed though, that last 200 metres, compared to all the horses that finished above it, right, and mind you, I know it's only marginally, but the first and second horses, in, as an example, did, did go a length faster in the you know, first section, maintained the same sort of finish, and then actually had a stronger last 200 metres than Roots. So visually, I thought it was a disappointing performance by the horse. On the clock, looking at the clock, saying, well, I wouldn't be beating my chest. Like, I was I was a lot
1: more positive with the horse leading into this race because, I mean,
0: the Tatiara is probably going to be
1: harder. Yeah. 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 So it comes down to trainer's intent. All right, without a fight, Q22 winner. i uh, got to say, if someone gave you the imaginary opportunity to, uh, to take a horse away from this as a part owner, this would be the horse. So uh, two weeks earlier, this is what we rode at his first Australian start. This was a big win, first up input. Now, Australian trained after an unplaced run in the Melbourne Cup where he failed on very wet going. However, we pegged him in our previous at 3.5 level with a serious PB of 4.2. Now, with T. Freeman, he delivered, strongly suggested there's more to come, minus 6.1 of the 800 in a borderline non-winning position, 10 links from the lead, plus one mid-race, 7.1 links sleeve, booming 7.1 last 400 with 4.6 at the last time in isolation. The context of how elite this closes, he produced the best last 600 and 200 at the end of 1,800 metres. We look forward to seeing what he can do in our elite staying races going forward. Well, we only had to wait a fortnight to see him win this big prize money race, Vince. What did he, what did he teach you on Sunday?
0: Well, firstly, he clearly demonstrated that he was better than the field and the acceleration this horse has is outstanding. I mean, you have a look at that move between the 8 and the 400. It was, what, 17.3 lengths. Not quite as big as non conformance, but mind you, it was a little bit further back, probably entitled to do that. But then you have a look at the last sustained speed of the last 400. It was a 10.9 combined between the 8 and the 4 and the, the last 400. Very, very strong. Still tapered. In in the negative over the last two hundred metres, losing one point three lengths lengths of conditioning, I'm putting it down to. So you just know this horse is still evolving and improving.
1: Well, yeah, it's it,
0: oh, oh, what are they? They're gonna be looking at Melbourne Cups and Caulfield Cups, I would imagine.
1: Well Anthony's first quote was Corfield and um and, and the, the interesting one is if uh and you know, they've got months to decide if they if they decide to pivot to the Cox plate, depending on who's around.
0: Okay, well, yeah, that's a different race. Let's see. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but he's – he's I mean, the, the point was, and we made this on, on Friday in on the podcast, that when you wrote him up in your Melbourne Cup preview, 3.5 to plus 4.2, that is serious staying performance. That's very elegant twilight payment, all these type of Melbourne Cup winners that uh, on clean ground, of course, that's um, – that's, he's in that field already.
0: Yeah, he's definitely in that field and his performances, even though it was last start was the other one on the weekend, 0.9 above versus 1.2. The horse is not even going through all its gears in a serious way. Hasn't been tested at all. And it's just, that's why it looks so good is that the horse not even, you know,
1: asked for peak performance. Uh, one one um one horse that uh, that continued on. There's some truisms, Vince, isn't it? The shorter and the longer the races, I reckon that in the in the pure sprint races and pure distance races, you got to respect miles and legs. And Salino was a two-mile winner, as you pointed out, and um and he, he raced accordingly with a superb National ride. And the insanity for me, and, <laughs> I mean, this is one we're not being hindsight here with uh, Tia Filo star. Now, obviously, he wasn't right on the day, but he was six dollars in a Flemington handicap, and that he. he $3 at a brisbane cup yeah
0: yeah <laughs> it wasn't and, like that No, it's it, it is pretty crazy and and it's yeah it's wild i mean the horse had been up a fair fairly long time and pro- probably some of the good things that might have come out for that horse is might sort of really frank that he is a really genuinely you know, serious wet tracker because you look at that Flemington win with a WTI plus ten. This is going back on the third of the six, and then even when you look at the other performance at Warnable, and we know what that's like when winning at thirty two hundred. I mean, that was a plus eight point four WTI. So the reality is, this horse might just be a brilliant wear tracker, Ralphie.
1: Right. Okay, so that could be a rebound there and but the three plays get it, Selino, warning, true Marvel, all good over distance as was Kukaracha. Uh but earlier this is this is a nice horse, Antino. Now it was a nice horse leading in. Uh, we'd obviously uh, sailed sailed him home in our sizzlers, covering the uh, yep. the uh, Brisbane Carnival. 29th ninth to the fourth was a big win before we started the uh, sizzlers, but it was uh, it showed then a good sustained speed when he won at Eagle Farm two weeks earlier. Uh, again, he was he was going through the ranks on Saturday. It looked like he exploded. What did he do on the clock?
0: Yeah, well, the plus 3.7, Ralphie, best of the day. I mean, he's sort of pretty much taken the honours of the best horse in Queensland. I mean, that was massive and a huge step up. Pretty much been a borderline benchmark horse in his three runs in. And the big question was, are you going to take that next step or not? This was going to be a real test. I felt that it would have been because... My view was it was a race between him and Kerwin's Lane, and this horse took that big step, Ralphie. It's gone from point two to plus 3.7. Clearly the best performance of the day, and you look at the way it did it. Benchmark through the first section, 3.3 lengths above benchmark between the 8 and the 4, plus 2.9 last 400. Now, when you think about this, and let's say you compare it to a horse like, think about it, right, who's come out of a, a race that's less distance than this run, actually didn't put down the same performance as this horse. When you go through each of the sections, this horse did it tougher and harder all the way through and deserves to be number one on the day. And this is a rising, potentially
1: a rising star. It's it's in her best horse in Queensland, that statement that, um, I reckon about this time last year, very similar data, Apache Chase, who then went on and ran yep. really well on a Golden Eagle. And um, and that's that's sort of the type of uh, numbers that we're talking. So it'd be very interesting where he targets uh, this horse uh, going south, maybe in Epsom.
0: Well. Wow yeah why not I mean it's got the profile I mean it handled the pressure sensationally Ralphie it really did I mean this is the first time the horse was really asked for a big effort right from the jump I mean even to go benchmark first I know this horse has got that capacity to do that it, it did it back in December of last year but the reality is he's come back a superior horse and and it was evident now I don't know if the horse can take the next step and that's probably what it needs to do to win a something like an, an Epsom. but on that profile, when they make such a big move, it generally
1: means they've got more to come. All right. Well, a, a coma start for the day for the punters who took the very short price with uh, Yellow Brick uh, in race two. Uh, Ray near, now we sizzled uh Neer from his uh, his, his leading win, but of course it wasn't through Queensland Sizzles, it was from, uh, from his Rose Hill performance. Uh, so it was a horse that we thought, you know, has got a little bit of talent, but position running seemed everything to the eye. What did the clock say as far as where Yellow Brick was in the run? Well,
0: probably one of those things, and on one side, you probably can't blame the rider, but on the other side, you have to, right? I mean, he, he was probably riding the horse like thinking it was way too good, which was the, the right attitude in terms of having that thought process the horse is way too good. But at the same time, he, he, he took way too much time. I mean, that first section, 6.2 links below benchmark, are you serious? I mean, that's, you know, this horse should have been anchored At at least as close as the winner, who was going three lengths below, and that speed there would have still been soft speed for Yellow Brick, and that's the difference between winning and losing. The reality was the horse took way too long to get going, even between the eight and the 400. The move wasn't that dynamic. It was about four lengths, And, and he's left it for the last 400 and couldn't reel in the winner.
1: Yeah, I was well below his best in every Absolutely. way you, you look at the clock. All right. Well, that's that's our, our wrap of Queensland. Uh, going forward, we'll uh, we'll pr- probably do a, a preview podcast in the Sierra in a couple of weeks' time. I think it's Ipswich this week. So in the meantime, if you want all of Vince Cardi's work, it's via daily sectionals, uh, including his Saturday morning race speed profiles. Mine via And if you want our little – we'll have a quick look at um, at Randwick and Sandown as a bonus podcast for our Group 1 members. If you want to become a Group 1 member, you can do so via my website website. But in the meantime, thanks very much for checking out Year Round Carnival.